This is Box Elder School District Super Scoop, the podcast about the happenings in Box Elder School District. Today, we are with Superintendent Steve Carlson. So on Monday, January 30th, we had our first virtual day of the school year. What factors go into determining if it's going to be a virtual day? Well, you know, I've been a superintendent for 22 years, and one of the toughest decisions a superintendent has to make, because it ultimately has to come down to one person, uh, it really comes down to the safety of students. And, you know, that seems so simple to talk about, well, there's enough wind or there's enough snow, so let's shut school down. But then when we do shut school down, going virtual or whatever, there's always the other factors of kids at home, that maybe don't have very good childcare. Uh, kids at home that aren't getting breakfast or lunch. Kids at home that might be out uh, running around causing problems or getting hurt. And so when you say safety of kids, there's a lot to, there's a lot to factor in based on either we call school and the kids are safe not trying to get to school, but maybe at home they're not safe. And so it really weighs heavily on me this uh, particular issue and so, but it really does come down to if our buses cannot safely pick kids up. And in the case of January 30th, out in from Corinne going north, we had a, a north wind that was causing our east-west roads, they said were filling up within an hour after they had been plowed. And so with those winds plugging up all those roads and the incredible cold, uh, the decision was made to go virtual on Monday. So what would be the determining factor? I know we have a big district, probably one of the biggest in the states land-wise. Could you shut the north and not shut the south? Or what, what goes into determining that? You know, we had that discussion. And one of our, and it's, this is going to cause us to do some rethinking and some organizing. But one of the issues is that middle area where Corinne and Bear River City are. Students there can make a determining factor when they're sixth graders, whether or not they want to come the south direction to the Brigham City Schools or the north direction to the uh, Bear River Schools. And we just felt like we would have a lot of confusion on kids knowing where to go. And we probably wouldn't have uh, had kids from those areas go to school at all. And so then, it, <laughs> then it's the fact of, well, we have people from Tremont that work for us driving into Brigham City. So are they safe? And you know, at the same time, we also have people coming from Cache Valley. We have people coming from, you know, as far south as Davis County and maybe even further south than that. And so sometimes we take those things into in, into play because we're we are very concerned about our our employees. And so it's just a lot of factors. And ultimately, you know, and I I have a good relationship with the Cache Valley superintendent. We talk on days like this one right around 4.30 in the morning and see what they're doing. A good example of that was probably right before Christmas. There was a day where Cache Valley and Logan, I believe, had a two-hour delay. Weber School District, Ogden School District, and Davis all had a two-hour delay. Well, I called up the superintendent that particular morning. I said, what do you, what do you plan on doing? He said, we're going to go a two-hour delay. Well, I checked with my people, and I have 
you know, variety of people, uh, a transportation director. For some reason, Box Elder County had about three inches that day, no wind. And so we chose to go to school and we really didn't have any problems, but a, a lot of people, especially some of our employees from both Cache Valley and to the South districts were kind of upset and saying, well, this caused us a lot of grief. And, but for some reason, we were kind of in a banana belt that day. And so I, you just have to take those things into account. And so it, it is a tough call. Um, we're talking to, I believe his name is Darren McFarland. He's the County road, uh, supervisor mm -hmm. and, uh, both, uh, Dave Roberts, our business administrator and Jason Sparks, our transportation director communicate with him and we just try to get the most information we can. And if we can relatively safely get kids to school, my feeling is the best place for kids to be in school. So that's kind of where we stand. So I heard different opinions <clears throat> um, about schools and some said, well, kids were supposed to learn. It's one of our 180 days and learning didn't happen very well that day. What, why would you go a virtual day instead of just canceling school? Okay. Well, I think one of the things that the pandemic did do for us is, is it created our ability and it put some things in place that we could do virtual school. And I, I agree that virtual school is not as good as being in person. And so uh, it used to be that before this virtual school was an option that we would build snow days into our calendar. And most of the time, those snow days are put into spring break. And currently we've worked it out so that we do have a full week for spring break. And so my concern, and from my experience of all my years being a superintendent, is that when we have had snow day makeups, either in a spring break type situation, or even at the end of the school year, is that you get less than 50% of the kids. And even that day, there's a lot of teachers, uh, other employees, that take personal days during those times. And so you end up with just really a chaotic, really a non-educational day in those days as well. So it's flip the coin. You know, we put it, we put some out on, on, on canvas. Uh, we put some information out or uh, I know my own grandson goes to school here in Box Elder School District. His teacher sent him an email with a couple of sites to get on to do some practicing and some things to work on a reading. You know, so during that day, he was home with his grandma, and uh, it was a little frustrating when I got home. And, and uh, But, however, he did spend about a half an hour doing some math problems with grandma, trying to help, and doing some reading. And so during that day, he did get an hour of, of, of some education where, you know, if they'd had a family vacation plan during spring break, he'd have just missed that day. So I guess it's a balancing act, and yeah. we think it's best to try to do the virtual day. And uh, you talked about your grandson doing maybe an hour of learning that day. Um, I know that for the rest of the employees, it's a contracted day and they need to be working. What's the expectations for the administration and also for the staff during that day so that they can feel like they're fulfilling their contract? Well, that once again is kind of a, a two-edged sword because by going virtual, we've determined that there is a safety risk. And so therefore we've asked our, you know, our employees to really just be good, honest employees that day. 
if they can, if they're close to their buildings, they just so happen to be, and it's safe for them to get in, we would like them to go to the buildings. For the factor that our fear is, we don't know if all kids heard about, about the delay or the virtual day. So we want to have them at the school to make sure if they do come, and sometimes if they do come, it's hard to get a hold of parents. And so our, our concern is, is we'd like them to be able to come to work if they safely can do that. If they also can do what they need to do, regardless, you know, a teacher with virtual day, if they have things at home, and we would hope they were prepared, should be able to do what they need to do from home. And so teachers probably can stay at home, especially if they, you know, if they live in Cache Valley or South or wherever they are. If they live in Malad and they're supposed to teach in Brigham City, that's a, that's a pretty tough day. And so we try to be flexible and each employee should work directly with their supervisor to make sure that there's an understanding of what, what they're doing. And, you know, then it ends up being that some people work the full day and some people are home and we know that they're maybe not. And so there, there becomes feelings. So it becomes a tough situation. And so we just expect everybody to be professional, to do the very best they can, but also to be incredibly safe. So I hope I haven't talked around that question, but that's kind of how we're trying to work through that. Well, and I like the, we want people at the school because we know sometimes kids have not heard. And so they show up and, you know, we can take care of them and hopefully direct them back home yep. or, you know, do whatever needs to well, be Well, at least done. make phone calls to make yeah. sure moms know that they're, they are heading home. So. Yeah. Um, and, and I've heard lots of good things like that, them showing up. And uh, one of the secretaries called and said, hey, can we check out devices to kids that come? This was for Lakeview, which is a walking school. Everybody walks yep. there. So we didn't have to worry about any buses. Um, what other good things have you heard uh, that either from students or from parents or teachers that happened on that day. I mean, it was yeah. it was unexpected. We it knew was, at five o'clock in the morning on Monday that we were going virtual. Yes. So teachers had to get ready. Well, we um, we uh, once that decision is made, we have a calling tree, and poof, it doesn't take very long. And even on my own phone, with my grandson being in school, I got a I got a notification from Three Mile Creek probably within fifteen minutes of when I'd made the decision, and so. We, uh, if, if you're a parent listening to this, you need to get on your school's webpage or Box Elder School District's webpage is the easiest way. Plus, look for a, um, an email from the school district. Now, on Tuesday, which I hope is soon enough, we have our regularly scheduled directors meeting. That's where all the directors of all the departments come together, transportation, facilities, all the curriculum. And we have a scheduled debrief on to really get down and to find the issues that there were out there and to find out the good things. You know, I did have a lot of people call up, thank you so much. It's unbelievable how bad it is. And ironically that day I, at five o'clock, I went to the post office to send a, a, a parcel to my son who right now is in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I was standing behind two people and they were having, the two people were having a conversation with the people behind the counters, the workers. And I'm sitting there going, boy, my kids sure had a great day. That I'm sure get glad they did that. And the one lady says, yeah, my kids didn't even look at their work. <laughs> and so I, I kind of sat there incognito. They did not have a clue. I was the guy that made that decision and listened to these people talk about having a snow day. So, Yeah, I, I was talking to a few parents, and they talked about the 
effort they could tell their teachers of their students went into because yeah. things were online. They, they know that it wasn't as good as being in person, but they had videos for their kids to watch practice assignments for their kids to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it might not have been new mon- new material, but at least they yeah. were keeping their brain active exactly. and they had something to do. So, uh, there you know, that's one thing. Thank you for pointing that out, Dave. That's one thing that we're a professional learning community school district. So we work together with all the teachers in their grade levels or all the teachers in the content levels to make sure that the students are getting the information. And sometimes the first time they present it in school, even when everybody's there, they don't get it. So we're always in a constant cycle of teaching, reteaching, checking for understanding, using common formative assessments to see if everybody got it. So the fact that we did miss one day didn't mean that there's that hole forever. We're just gonna go back, reteach, and make sure that everybody knows that information. And so, you know, missing a day here and there isn't really a huge thing. It's if, you know, if we had, you know, like when we shut down for the pandemic uh, for those three months, that's much harder. Yeah. Well, and what you talked about earlier is we can make up that learning, but we still worry about the safety of the kids with, you know, do they have heat in their home because they would get it at their yeah. school? Are they missing breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, breakfast and lunch because we provide those things. And, you know, we really have to look into that consideration of, yeah. well, them not getting to school safely is the biggest factor. It is. Yes, it, I, that's number one, no doubt. Um, looking looking back, I mean, we're a few days removed from the virtual day, and you've had time to process, and parents have talked to you, teachers have talked to you. Mm-hmm. What's what's maybe one thing that you think, oh, if we had done this better, things would have went more smoothly? Well, probably the biggest thing is um, I wish now, in retrospect, that I'd have pulled the trigger Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And so we'd had that much more pre- preparation. However, hoping that, you know, because I've actually been in school districts, not as a superintendent, where the night before they said it was going to be horrible, and the next day it's beautiful and sunny. Uh-huh. And quite frankly, one time I was the assistant principal in Bear Lake School District, Montpelier, Idaho. That happened. And that particular afternoon, a young man got in a fairly serious snowmobile accident. And we all said, well, if we'd have been in school, that wouldn't have happened. Now, I know you can't take all of those things into consideration, but things like that pop into my head when I'm making that decision. And so I think one of the things that we need to do better is work with our principals to work with the teachers to always. And, and, and I did find out, you know, of course, my grandson was with grandma and he didn't know his pass. She didn't know his password. Mm. So but the teacher contact the teacher email. Poof, here comes the password. So I think we had some glitches there. So we need to do a better job and maybe we need to provide training once a week with our students for 15 minutes to say, hey, kids, if we have to go virtual, here's what to expect from my class. Yeah. And so that's one thing I'm hoping that we can do is just be just a little more prepared because I think in our society today, it's going to behoove us to probably have more of these days just because of the safety issue. I mean, I go back, I grew up in Paris, Idaho. And when I was a ninth grader, it never got above zero for seven straight days. And it was getting down to minus 30 during the day. We went to school every day, but in our society today, we are a little bit more aware of the safety issue. And we just seem to uh, you know, want to err in the, on the side of, of safety, which is a great thing to do. And so we're probably gonna see more of these days as we go along. So. 
our job as educators is to make sure the kids understand exactly what to do, what time they're going to see some information, and what the teacher expects from, from that day when they come back the next day. Yeah. Well, and one thing that was uh, appreciated by the teachers because it was late notice of you know 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. or 6 a.m. Yep. Um, is that by 10 a.m., you'll have content ready. Yeah. Um, and so that gave teachers time to get stuff ready, to get things uh, ready to go for the students. And I think that also gave the parents a little bit of time to get resources ready and try and figure out what they're yeah. going to do for the day. So that was appreciated yeah. that you kind of gave that delay, not mm-hmm. eight o'clock, yeah. but an extra two hours. Well, to get that ready. one of the problems is there are most homes, I would guess, or at least many that probably have one computer. So you have two or three kids, and what do you do? And, and as I've said, we don't expect the kids to have six hours of education on virtual days. Mm-hmm. And so I, my suggestion would be the lower the grade, you know, maybe a second or third grader maybe has 45 minutes to an hour, where a, a high schooler might have, you know, 30 minutes for two or three of his tougher classes. And so it's all, so that's one of the questions I get asked, what are we supposed to do when, um, we have that one device at home. And so that, that becomes an issue. And I think some of them can do it on their smartphones. I know that's harder, yeah. but kids can do just about anything. If we know that there's some, you know, Armageddon type of snow coming, we will do a good job, a better job of sending devices home with kids. But in this particular case, it was Monday after, you know, a, long, a weekend. And so it's pretty hard to be ready that way. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else you want to say before we finish here? You know, I just appreciate the support from the community. Uh, I, I, you know, you always get some outliers that are upset, and but I, I think the vast majority of people, you know, if you figure, I get three, four, five phone calls, three, four, five uh, emails, and there's twelve thousand students, so possibly, you know, that could end up being twenty thousand parents and another 40,000 grandparents, when you get a handful of phone calls that are of disgruntlement, it's really an understanding on my part that the vast majority of people understand that we're doing the best we can and and have the best interest of kids at their hearts. So it really is a a, a big decision and one that I take very seriously and it weighs heavily. I'm not going to lie, it weighs heavily on, on my heart and soul, I guess.